it's a very difficult thing to realize. I've done a lot of work on this with the intention and the hope that it would actually drive more satisfaction and more positivity. And in fact, I don't know that it has done that. That's the truth with a lot of these like growth milestones is realizing there's an in-between state where things just have to be very different and everyone has to accept like the old way is dead. The old system isn't an option. There's some grief that goes in there. There's some mourning that goes in there. That's not how I say hey. Let me do that again. (laughs) Hey, welcome back. We're not for everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater. That is me. If you were confused, the hater is me. (laughs) And one lover. Hi, it's me. I'm Jess. I love things. You love stuff. (laughs) You know what? I the thing is, people call me a hater a lot, Mm. but I'm like a pretty delighted person. I just also, like, I don't equate criticizing stuff and taking stuff apart. I don't equate that with hating it. Like, that's me having a fun time. I'm having a good time. Right. I mean, I think that you're detail-oriented. That's a good way to flip it. (laughs) This is me being, see, this is the lover coming out. I am. Yeah, this is a good PR spin for me. (laughs) I can spin anything. It is something I am so proud of, like, such a skill set that I developed in my consulting career. That's why you're the lover. Yeah, spin my personality for me. Put a good spin on my personality. I think you're detail oriented and I think people who are detail oriented sometimes get a bad rap because they notice everything and they notice what's working, what's not working, what's maybe working, but could work better. Like you just have an eye for detail Mm -hmm. and you're particular because you know what works because you, you understand the world and people and you observe and you take it all in. And then you're like, here's how we could do this better. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's the hater energy and I celebrate it as a lover. (laughs) Thank you. I thank God we're here together. What a good balance, which was one piece, one piece of complimentary feedback I got from a friend about the podcast. Um, She was like, I feel like you guys bounce each other so well, which is something that I hadn't really named when we decided to do the podcast together. I was excited for tons of reasons, mostly ones where I feel like we're aligned Mm -hmm. and it's only in doing the podcast that I've realized how many like fun differing views we have. And that is so much more fun. Yeah. I love it. I do think it's interesting because I think that we share a lot of similar like core values, but then the way that that uh, manifests in like our behaviors and the way that we yelling carry ourselves <laughs> in the world and whatever is very different but like at the core yeah. we see a lot of things similarly but it just comes out in different ways and yeah i think i think it's working and i appreciate that <laughs> feedback because i i've been reading the comments and somebody wrote us a comment that said that we give we are like generous with our compliments of each other and i thought that was a really good thing i did see that thing. one i appreciated that all that made me feel good yeah yeah there are a lot of comments that are making me feel good like Something I wanted to acknowledge at the top of the episode is all the people who, one, have let us know that, like, they're not judging me for the stuck porn thing. I don't think there's been anyone. (laughs) I don't think there's been anyone who has said, like, I, too, 
think about this a lot but they have at yeah. least leaned some in. people some people sent us some stock porn it wasn't actual porn somebody said someone yeah, said please don't real... send us porn <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm not here for that <laughs> some girls sent um a a reel of someone rock climbing who got stuck in a rock <laughs> she's like here's some stuck porn for you whenever we get to merch like i didn't realize that stuckness would be part of the brand but i think it may i think it may be because i don't are. know there's way again i could spin it you know we don't want people to be stuck in their lives we celebrate change like i'll spin stuckness in any way i need to to put it on a sweatshirt put so it I on a t-shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> um the other thing I wanted to like call out and thank people for is a lot of people saying that they are like me in that they say things out loud like they're live processors and they just need to hear the thing said out loud which Mm -hmm. I feel very I just feel good about that because I don't think it's something I've really talked about before and I and when you opened up yeah when you opened up about it I was like no (laughs) that was was probably a rough that was a rough coming out of the closet a little bit I was like oh Caroline doesn't do this so nobody does this no that's not how it works it's just that we are two halves of this of a different of the same coin different coin I don't know how that saying goes but um coins we're coins and we're next to each other (laughs) in the pocket of life (laughs) the wallet jingle jangle bitch (laughs) um yeah but people were seeing me on that and i appreciated it and i feel like all of that anybody's seeing me (laughs) (laughs) any messages of people being like same they're like well here's the thing though (laughs) i feel like they see you i feel like a lot of the people this is actually like a real thing is that a lot of the people who are listening and i'm so appreciative of this is that they're coming over from your YouTube and knowing you a little bit already. I see. So yeah, I yeah. have felt in the back of my head, like in the part that I don't share a lot because I try to be the lover, the positive person, the like positive self-talk person. But the, in the back of my head, there's always something that's like, I have to prove myself a little more or they don't know me yet. Mm. And so getting those types of messages is just like, okay, like, all right, we're going to- You are little, so correct. Make a little traction here. Like, yes. that's cool. Well, I knew it. I knew it would be, it wouldn't take much time. For people, that's why I was fucking recommending your podcast yeah. before, um, before we were even on one together, because I just knew people fall in love with you. Thank it's you. what happens. So you, you are correct. That is well deserved, and I'm glad that the people are kissing the toes that deserve <laughs> that toes. deserve a kiss. The toes. I love. I don't know why. I always think about kissing toes. I won't do it, <laughs> but it feels very reverent to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think in some cultures, it's. In at like Indian weddings, don't you have to kiss the feet and it's like a thing? Did I make that up? I'm so sorry. I'm you, not. Why are you asking me? I don't I'm not the expert. I, I feel know. like you went to an Indian Indian wedding recently. I've actually never been to one. It actually wasn't a wedding. It was like their reception. They did have an Indian wedding. This was like my second cousin. Okay. They did have an Indian wedding. The groom was Indian. It continues to be Indian every day. <laughs> and <laughs> um. And they had a small Indian wedding and they also had a church wedding and they had like a reception. They did their reception or the rehearsal dinner or whichever one was like Indian thematic and everybody wore like traditional wear. And it was really, um, really lovely. It was super fun. That's amazing. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't see anyone kiss any feet. You didn't catch any practice. Yeah. Toe action. Okay. All right. We'll table that. This is one thing I actually do want to encourage about people writing in all of my acknowledgement of different Instagram comments and stuff was to tee this up, which I have an idea for a way to engage with folks. My idea is that because we've done on the podcast, we've done a lot of listing, you know, add it to the list, the like segment that I want to do, but 
I don't know how to make it a segment. Yeah. This is how we make it a segment. It's that people can post a screenshot of their recent Google searches or their Amazon saved items or their favorite movies list in oh, their notes, it. like whatever. Yes. We, not all of them. Don't send us all of those right now. Lists that re- lists that reflect a little into your soul. Yes. A little peek. Yes. Exactly. And I feel like we should do a different and tag one us. every so I often and that. tag us, post it to your story, tag us. We'll reshare them. We'll respond. Uh, we can like even rank them. Like if you send us a screenshot of your Google <laughs> searches, we'll rank which ones are the best from, you know, one to five. Um, so yeah, I, I love, that. I guess what I'm wanting to ask you is which, which should we start with? Like, I think we should give mm. direction. I don't think we should open it up yeah. to all lists anytime. anytime. I think it's like okay. this week, what's the type of list we're looking for? I I love the recent Google searches. Yeah. It's it is humbling if you want to be pummeled to the ground by your own by your own questions. Precisely. Yeah. I, I like that one. Okay. Cause also because you can't, I mean, you can kind of fake it. Yeah. But like a notes list, you could just like write something that you want to be silly. Like, I want to see your Google searches. Truly. Yeah, I agree. Don't don't like fake it don't type them all in right now to seem cool and then do you think you have any good ones do you think you have any good ones right now good question let's look this is a good check-in we should do this check-in like monthly yeah this is i'm <laughs> quitting therapy i'm just gonna do this now what how do i how do i see these again oh, the- i continue to not know how to use technology coming out of a tech career oh i have some good ones <laughs> i have a really good what? one tell from, me from this morning okay tell me <laughs> okay I went to a coffee shop this morning and sat and had a coffee and a bagel after going to the gym because I am just that kind that of bitch. Hot. Thank that you. Is fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of weird. Like the bagels they had on their menu, the bagel sandwiches, none of them were really hitting to me. I often like to get a cream cheese, a bagel with cream cheese with a slice of tomato on it. It's like a fresh element that I enjoy. So I ordered that and they were like, we only have sun-dried tomatoes. Oh, don't you get, I'd rather die. You don't like sun-dried tomatoes at all? No. Okay. No. Well, I, I do enjoy them, I guess in certain contexts, because I have a jar of sun-dried tomatoes from Trader Joe's. This is a long tee up for my Google search. I have a jar of sun-dried tomatoes from Trader Joe's that I have been spreading onto sandwiches I make at home. And it's like freaking divine. So I thought, you know what? Sure. Put sun-dried tomatoes on cream cheese. Right. Big mistake. On this bagel. Big mistake. It was it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> um anyway. Then how did that evoke a Google? You're like, why do this taste so bad? <laughs> I searched, are sun-dried tomatoes actually dried in the sun? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, it doesn't seem super efficient production wise, but actually maybe it is. They are. So here's the thing. They are. There's a difference. Who's, who's checking up? Who's checking up on them (laughs) to make sure they're truly dried in the sun and not under a heat lamp? Farmers? (laughs) I don't know. All I know is you can like simulate sun drying them by dehydrating them in the oven or something, but it's different. Like the result is ultimately different. I believe it. And so they do dry them in the sun. Usually, if they're the right ones, don't get them on cream cheese. Okay. Yeah. The sun gives them that really repulsive flavor. <laughs> <laughs> to some. Yes. To haters. Okay. What? What's yours? What's one of yours? Okay. I have a bunch that are uninteresting. <laughs> lies. Immediate have, like, lies. Tell me. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have like 20 that are just design related because I was working on 
Um, I was working on a YouTube video at like 2 a.m. last night that just went up. So there's a bunch of like design stuff I was looking for. Mm. And then the first one that's not that I'm laughing at because this was also on my list last time. It says how long to cook bacon in oven. Wait, are I you kidding? Again. I really tried again. I think last time I Googled what temperature this time I knew the temperature and it's the same bacon. I still hadn't cooked it. Okay. And this was like a, a month ago. The yeah. first time I Googled it. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. Uh-huh. I cooked it. I, I put it at the wrong temperature. I forgot about it. Like the same, you know, another day, another failed bacon story but Can you um, text me next time and i'll tell you how to do it like i wish i lived n- nearby and i would come over and make it for you this is this is astounding yeah i don't i feel like i really feel like it didn't say on the back of the package and there's only i hate googling food recipe stuff because it's always a blog the research yeah. result is a blog and you have to scroll for like two and a half years through a story about how they first had the idea to cook bacon and when they were younger they once tried something that was a hamish bacon and then they were walking down the street and they walked by a store with their cousin and they saw this pan and it's like i i know they have to like i understand as someone who also creates content i understand this exists for a reason but man if someone just started putting out like easy to access recipes like sometimes you can't even find the recipe i know in the narrative and the ads and the pop-ups are so bad on blogs. It's like, you would get a lot of traffic. I mean, I, I know. I know it's for a reason. It's it's not for no reason, but it is, I absolutely detest the blog, food blog experience. I completely agree. And it's interesting because the alternative is, okay, either cookbooks, which to actually spend money on a book and first, store it in yeah. your home. Like we already- I got to learn how to read yeah, first. We're not literate, so we don't, that's not approachable to us. And then the other thing is like there's New York Times has a cooking blog that you can subscribe to and you have to pay. Mm, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that they do just like give you the recipe right there and then and you can search for a million things. But I'm not paying to know how to I mean, cook bacon. I know. Like that's the thing is like that is the exchange of goods there. Like they give you in th- the information if you just pay and you're getting it for free on the blog because yep. you're watching the ad or whatever. You're reading so, their story. You know, people need to get paid for their work. I know yeah. it's just such a poor system. I don't not want people to get paid. I just also want to know the three letter response for what temperature to cook bacon at number three number. Yeah. I was like, hmm. um, letters. She's yeah, like, she's really lost. I do <laughs> want you to just text me when you go to make bacon in three weeks from now. I have two more packages of bacon in, in the Why did you buy so much to. bacon? Yeah. <laughs> I was hosting a brunch and like I bought, I just had dreams for, I saw a lot of bacon okay. in my future and none of it happened. And I don't even eat that much bacon. Like it's not on my wish list, but yeah. I have you all clearly this don't eat now. a lot of bacon. And every once a month I <laughs> try don't. to cook it. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of bacon. <laughs> So I cooked it. I know this is wrong. I cooked it at 325. I think that's like that's pretty low. <laughs> I think that's like 750 degrees off. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, when I checked it after 20 minutes, which I was like, that's a long time. It did not look cooked. So I walked away and left it for longer, which ended up being like another 40 minutes. <laughs> and it was inedible. Really? Was it just yeah. overcooked by that point or the texture was wrong or what was the result? It was both soft and burnt. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It needs to be like 400, 425-ish. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a crazy night. And this was at 2 a.m. <laughs> crazy night. I it was a crazy this night. Was this morning. I guess no, no, no. Not. No, that was last night at 2 a.m. I finished editing my video and I hadn't. It was when it was one of those bad days. I don't like to endorse this because it's going to sound like work hustle or like unhealthy yeah. habit brag. But sometimes it just happens. Like I put my videos out on a Saturday. I have to finish them that night. And um, I like had forgotten to eat lunch. I hadn't like stood up in like eight hours. I hadn't <sighs> been outside in two days, like truly two days. And, um, and you thought I need a win. Let me make this bacon. And I, I really, yeah, I was trying to do something loving for myself and I was like, oh. eat some bacon bitch. And it didn't turn out that well. Let me but do I, something yeah. that I'm good at. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, wow. What a journey. Right. Okay. So I, yeah, we can move on. <laughs> bottom line, send us a screenshot, post a screenshot of your recent Google searches to your story tag at not for everyone pod not the number four everyone pod and we will have fun with it and that's that's we the will. end of this segment and we also i think we got to come up with a dirty hashtag mm. for like what is what is this what is this game you got to think on it oh wait oh, they're not gonna know so... if we talk about it later you know what yeah, i mean that's so good okay we'll um think on it and i'll plop it back into the episode right here here's space for it this is the hashtag you should use hi it's editing jess use hashtag search history shame sounded good to me yeah <laughs> something i have wanted to share this is wild and it's also even more wild to share on an audio only media mm. platform but um my friend lean if you're listening my friend lean talked about how you can put your phone in black and white mode and that so I think it's like an accessibility feature and that it helps a lot with it. It makes it very unfun to be on social media. It makes it very unappetizing. Just look at you. Actually, I, I couldn't have pictured how bad it is. I'm going to show you my phone right now. Okay. Can you even see oh. how depressing this is? Oh, I'm going to open Instagram. Um, do you want to click on anything? <gasps> I have heard about this trick, but I don't think I've actually seen it. It's really bad. I mean, when it's did very you, effective. When did you do this? Just like two days ago. And it has been very effective. Like I'll still check on stuff on my phone, but A, it's fairly difficult. <laughs> it's not <laughs> user-friendly. Turns out the colors are for a reason. Because you usually are like, oh, Instagram is the pink and orange one. And you totally, go there. and you can yeah. go there without thinking or like even opening my texts. It's a little harder to discern like who's talking, what's a text and what's, yeah, what's happening. And then the thing it helps with most is like the late night in my bed, death scroll on yeah. Instagram. Like that is not happening. Um, That's great. I wonder if I'll I take it, it off. It's wildly effective. I have to take it off when I post like different design posts on my story because I'm like, I don't know what this looks like. But yeah, I really recommend if people like I struggle with being on my phone and I and I hate my phone. So yeah, you need a hot tip. Go to accessibility. It's kind of hard to find. So it's under when you search accessibility in your phone settings, display and text size, and then down on color filters and turn color filters on. Mm. Are you doing it right now? Yeah. I want to see your reaction. Oh, got it. And turn that. Turn it on. On. <gasps> <laughs> it's horrendous, right? Oh, my 
like, you did like a stifled gasp. It's open. It just was open Instagram for me for one second. Like she's clutching her chest. She's clutching her chest. Clutching my pearls. Oh my god. <laughs> Everything looks I dead. I didn't expect to hear such sadness. Did you, you know Instagram? You know how I'm open on Instagram. You know how people's stories, like at the top of your Instagram homepage, they're usually in like a pink circle and it's just so enticing. You're like, oh, this person just posted. I need to click on their story. They're just gray and dead right now. It looks like these people died. Yeah. (laughs) I have a message. I don't even care. Whoa. (laughs) I don't even care to read this message. It's very effective. It's It's making me upset though. I don't like to be upset <laughs> willingly. The tiny, the tiny little like bunny gasp that you made when you turned it on. I just I'm feel gonna like... Can we replay that right here? Just Jess gasping. <laughs> We're treating this like a video now. What are we doing? I guess that's a good tee up for one other quick announcement, which is we have heard the cries for help. Meaning, <laughs> this is the most video heavy. the desire for video and we realize that right now we are doing very very video leaning things and we do apologize but i was i'm just writing down a segment i'm writing down a segment if you can hear me typing that's just like something that's only interesting if you have a visual that's actually a a great segment but we will get rid of that segment once we start doing video (laughs) which we are gonna do just not yet because we don't have time and we're still figuring we it out. I just said I was up till 2 a.m. editing. Yeah. I can't. It's just like, honestly, leave us alone. Um, We'll get to it pretty soon, but I'm not committing to a time and that's it. It's going to happen. This is, okay. This is something I've thought about a lot since recording with you. <laughs> One of the greatest things I think in our differences is like your level of confidence and like self-respect and knowing like, leave me alone. That's a boundary. I can't do it. Like I'm at capacity or... I think in the episode five, you talked about like, you know, we're two confident people who are confident in who Mm. we are. And I had to like turn, I had to mute my mic. I was like, don't interrupt her. Like, don't interrupt her. Like, (laughs) just let her say this. It's okay if you don't agree. (laughs) Like, there's so many things. I think I've said this about you before too, that just like, I take notes on um, the ways that you speak about yourself and the ways that you like stand up for yourself in a healthy way. I'm like, shit, you can do that. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit that and because I just know that I respect you and how you live your life and so if you're doing it I know it's not crazy if you're doing it it's something I can value doing and I uh. really like look to you as a benchmark for um how to respect myself because <laughs> I don't I appreciate sometimes. that I appreciate that and I yeah I'll just take the compliment I appreciate that yeah I appreciate that and shut your mouth <laughs> we've been having fun for a little while now let's yeah let's bring it down so here's a segment that i like to call when's the last time you really hurt someone oof because i've got an answer and i was thinking about why like that kind of thing that kind of question is really interesting to me because i think i'm always kind of in a confessional mode like i have a compulsive need to confess yeah but I also think that it's human. We're all doing it. And it, it, I think I feel a lot of discomfort. Like I share a lot of advice and a lot of tips and a lot of wisdoms and therapy reflections. And that's nice. I get to say it all while I'm sitting in front of my camera and I've had time to reflect on it and I've gathered my thoughts, but I don't live my life in a 
flawless way. I, and it's hard. It makes me feel kind of like a fraud to not be able to bring both parts of that. So I don't know. That's something I'm always interested in talking about a little confessional. (laughs) I'm interested in it. I, it's hard for me to answer the question. And I think that's indicative of two things. I think one, it's indicative of it's not something that we often take time time to ask ourselves. We are very ready to to talk about when somebody else hurt us, but thinking about when right. we've hurt someone is like not quite uncomfortable in the vernacular. Yeah. And then two, I can speak for myself and say, I don't know, like I am so scared to hurt people that I think if if and when I have, I'm sure I have. Everybody does intentionally or or unintentionally, more often unintentionally. Um, like I, I don't spend a lot of time maybe dwelling on it. That's incorrect. I think I would dwell on it because I would feel so bad, but I think I'm a person that craves like resolution. And so I would always try to like resolve the issue or apologize. I, I am quick to apologize. I apologize oh, yeah. too often all the time. My boyfriend sometimes does not accept apologies from me because he's like, that's not something you need to apologize for. Like Mm -hmm. almost trying to train me that, you know, not every little thing requires it, but I am such an apologizer because of this fear of hurting people to the point where like, I don't even know when I've truly hurt someone because I very quickly run in to remedy it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But I'm sure, I'm sure I have, and I'm sure there's stuff that's unresolved. I just can't bring it to the top of my mind, but I'm curious for you what comes up. Yeah. I'll be this. I'll be the center here. (laughs) I, um, I do think that like truly hurting somebody is a more infrequent occurrence. And I'm not talking about like, I I guess it's hard to define. I'm not talking about when someone feels disappointed necessarily, just that they feel disappointed by you because that could mean you set a boundary and it's okay for I'm not talking about when the last time someone was mad at you, because that might be none of your business. Right. That might just be they expected something that they have no business having from you. Um, But I wrote this down. The Christmas holiday, I went with my parents to visit my little sister abroad. And my goal is really to like visit with her and to give her like a warm, like she's away from home and wanted to give her a sense of home while she's away. And that really was my intention. And I showed up and something about the family situation and being like locked in an Airbnb with parents, something about it. Like I became a total wench, a total wench. And I just left feeling like the trip really didn't, it didn't end up being what anyone wanted it to be. It was a it was, it was different. And I felt really disappointed with, um, the way that I just didn't deliver to her. And she and I had already talked about it. She actually kind of ended up bringing up, not, she didn't bring it up like that, but to her credit, she's like, she, you know, is good at being direct. And I don't know, we were just like texting about it when I was like on the plane, sitting on the tarmac leaving. And it was, there's almost, I don't know that much to say about it because yeah, I think I could, if I say too much, like this, the sadness that I felt about it sounds self-pitying, whereas it was like, it's my fault. Um, but it really was just this huge sense of sadness 
the whole thing just like brought up this block I have with not always being direct with her, like not always being honest with her Mm. the way that you might. I don't know. I'm being very vague. I don't think you need to say, yeah, I don't think you need to say more than that. I think it's, it's really understandable. Um, I guess the question I have is like, it sounds like you were aware that you were, you know, behaving or treating her in a way that was hurtful or if not hurtful, maybe just like not up to your standards for how you would have wanted to treat her, how you would have wanted the trip to go. I guess like how much were you aware of that before she was direct with you and like approached you about it versus how much Mm. did it hit you after hearing it from her? Because what you, your initial question around like, when was the last time you hurt somebody? Um, I think an interesting part of the question, like the subtext is, you know, when's the last time that you were aware that you hurt somebody versus you were Mm -hmm. made aware, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. I was like very aware that I was being a nasty person to be around on the trip, mostly directed at my parents, just like a, just like a great teenager. Yeah. And, um, And then, and I, that I was just not in a good state. Like I was really in the mental state. I don't talk about family stuff and I probably never will that much because it's like private and involves other people, but everyone gets family. Like I was in a mental state where I was like, I, uh, there's no option for me to like exist here and have needs and have wants. I just need to shut down if I'm going to get through this uh, because of different circumstances, I'm just going to shut down as hard as possible. And that is the best gift I can give everyone is to like, yeah no longer show up is to no longer have needs or no longer want this week to be a certain way. That's the gift I can give everyone. I was like digging into this book about different Buddhist values and um, it's called Radical Acceptance. It's a great book. Um, It's pretty famous if people are interested about just like accepting whatever. And I really actually was, once I got my like reactionary teenagery behavior under control my I was very intentionally just shutting down and I thought that was the best thing I could do and then at the end of the trip it was surprising to hear from her like the ways that she felt confused or thrown off or whatever from our exchange and when we talked about it I did eventually understand of course I had my own context we both had different contexts but ultimately it was just disappointing to really disappoint someone who I had flown overseas to not disappoint yeah that was the feeling yeah I understand that feeling wholeheartedly I mean it it expands your question a lot like now that you've shared that I'm realizing I mean I had a very similar experience over the holidays myself like an experience of being on this trip with family and it not going the way that anyone want had envisioned or hoped that it would. And I too was taking on this role of like, I'll just shut myself down. Like everybody else has a lot of needs that are up in the air right now. And a lot of like dynamics at play between them. And it's best if I take myself out of that equation and just like, don't express needs. Don't, um, play into dynamics, just like float around here. And I don't think I was being nasty. I don't think for me, it didn't come out in a way of like, I'm 
being rude or mean or just like not nice to be around. But also I still wasn't nice to be around by just like being passive and floating. I'm sure I was maybe neutral to be around, but me being neutral is not me. And yeah, so that's almost worse. It's like I took myself out of, yeah, I took myself out of the equation and I thought that was what was best. And it was both a protection mechanism for everyone else and it was also a protectionism protection mechanism for myself at the time but in rethinking it now you know I'm sure that that did not have a positive impact on everyone else because I was only there for a week that was the week they got to see me they all stayed a bit longer and uh the week that they got to see me I like wasn't really present and it was in reaction to things and it was I have my reasons that I chose that Right. But it's disappointing to everyone. It's not fair. I bet it hurt my mom if no one else. I bet that I know it did. My family's not as direct like you're saying your youngest sister, but like it's it's there. I get it. When when certain comments are made, I know that there's hurt behind it. Um, But it's really hard to figure out like when do you prioritize yourself versus everyone else in those situations? Yeah. No, that's impossible. I certainly did not think, I can genuinely say I did not think I was prioritizing myself. I Mm. genuinely was like, the way that I can show up now is to like throw a fucking fit and to be so nasty. That is the only, that is my only internal state right now. Um, And so I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to try my hardest to not breathe. And yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, it feels like a rock in a hard place. What What was so shocking when I ended up like being able to hear this conversation with her is I was like, I'm like truly shocked because I thought I was doing the better thing. I was like reading my freaking Buddhist reflections and like trying to just kind of, I don't know. I obviously didn't do it right, but I was really trying. And so it did leave me thinking, what is the problem here? And the problem was that like, at no point was I actually honest. At no point did I actually say what I wanted. At no point did I let anybody know, like, this is what's disappointing me. I didn't give anyone the chance to change that. Certainly like not my sister who would have tried, like she hears things. She would have tried. I never gave her the chance. I didn't give her like communication. I just made a decision about what the options were and then kind of punished everybody yeah um so I don't know it's it's so hard to make those calls especially when you're so emotional and even making the right call doesn't mean you get the results you want it most often does not in a hard situation but I don't know yeah it's it's a good question I've been thinking about that a lot like what those felt like the two options and they definitely weren't but like what's the other option yeah I mean I think you're right about one of the options and maybe the best option being honesty um, and direct communication. It's funny. We talk about direct communication so much. Direct communication doesn't work in all places. Like there are certain truly toxic places with certain personalities. um, And that is not my sister. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm a little wary of being like communication at all times. Cause if you go to therapy for, yeah, two sessions, they'll let you know that there are certain personalities on earth that you don't, there is no working in their system. It it doesn't work. Yeah. That's, that's so right. That's a really good call out to make because there have been situations where my therapist has said, 
to me, you know, why don't you just nod and say, okay, and move on like in response to that person. Yeah. Sometimes it is healthier to, I mean, I think acknowledge, like I don't get to be a whole person in this moment. I don't get to show up in this moment. And that's really disappointing. Like that's the acceptance. Yeah. That's what I was trying to do, but yeah. I don't know. It's an overcorrection sometimes because I think I, when she first told me that many years ago, it blew my mind. I was like, that's an option just to say, just to be there and not respond to whatever's being thrown at me. To not try and like throw them the light, show them the light in every moment. Not try to convince somebody that my side is right. Not try to prove myself, not try to anything. Um, I, it was, it was mind boggling to me that there was another option and that that option was to do nothing. And I feel like sometimes these days I possibly lean too much in that direction, especially with my family, um, Mm. because that's a really, that's kind of one of the questions I was going to ask you was like, are there other, if this had happened with friends or with a partner or something, like how would it look different? How would the way that you showed up look different? Or maybe it wouldn't, but I, I was trying to figure out like, is this your and my approach all the time in these situations or is it very specific to the context? Because I have a feeling it's specific to the context and I have a feeling family brings it out more than anything because we are used to our relationships with family pre-therapy. Like the time that we've spent the most with all with our family in the same house, like was when we were growing up and when we were teenagers and before we made some strides in like how to better communicate and how to be direct and how to represent ourselves and when to be bold and stand up for ourselves and when to, you know, hit the sidelines and, and turn ourselves off. Like all of that work has happened, at least for me, post the time period when I was around my family the most and the time period when my family was used to me the most. And so it's really hard to bring all of that correctly to my family environment. I try, yeah, but I feel like I never get it right. I'm always overcorrecting in one direction or the other. Mm. Um, Maybe it's because I'm overthinking it. Like maybe that's an environment where I'm really overthinking. Like, how do I respond to this? What's the best approach as opposed to with like friends? I don't overthink it as much. I just do what's happening. And I don't know. Um, Yeah. It's just the most emotionally intense. No, you're a smart girl. You're spot on. I I feel, yeah, it feels very, I'm so emotionally engaged with my family. Um, It's probably too much. I mean, I don't know, but it's a lot. And then when I'm stressed out, which is often, I I can be quite angry. I can be quite unpleasant, um, quite angry, quite unreasonable. Mm. And I think with my friends, I'm much more direct relationships those are always it's always a gray area but it's not the same it's not like with family and actually in a way I think I'm able to just be like direct and kind of like plain language and plain speak with my friends because I'm so emotionally drained with my family like there is no room for me to be emotion like excessively emotional in my friendships it's actually something that I I think about more and more and sometimes worry about like I am so emotionally engaged with my family and there's five of them and they live 15 minutes from me and I see them all the time 
that like, I don't have a lot of emotional capacity left for other people. I am not excessively available to other people because I have like five crazy fuckers that I love and we are very engaged all the time. I, it's like hard for me to have emotional space, positive or negative sometimes for other people. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there and I'm not saying that to defend it. It's just like what the truth is, but yeah, I mean, it's a different dynamic. It's a different dynamic. It's it's interesting because I feel like not the opposite of that, but on a, on the other side of the spectrum more so where like I grew up and through my teens and through my early twenties was pretty codependent with my family and very emotionally um, involved and invested. And don't get me wrong. I'm still emotionally invested in my family and I love them so much and they are a hugely important part of my life, but I've done a lot of work to break the codependence and it's really hard and I am not a hundred percent doing it all the time, but I, I have made great strides and it's something that I am proud of because I do feel it's like, it's healthier for me and it allows me to have better relationships with them. But what's interesting and something that like crystallized for me over that holiday break was that I have really, I'm able to have really healthy, positive relationships with the members of my family when I'm here and they're there, like when we're all in our own elements, in our own routines and lives. That's um, where it works. And and mine happens to be away in Chicago when they're (laughs) in the DC area. And that was one of the big things that helped me. Like I was doing a lot of work breaking the codependence before I moved Uh, here. But then once I moved here, it was like a game changer, a game changer. It was much easier to be like, okay, look, I'm this adult that's forming my own life. And it's, separate from them it does not mean separate is not bad it doesn't mean severed ties the word separate is okay and allowed and still means there's space for connection and love and closeness so i i feel that both can exist and that's what barbara my therapist has ingrained in me both can exist you can you can be separate you can be independent and you can still have closeness but actually what i'm finding is really difficult right now in this journey for me is that I don't know how to have closeness with them without mm. codependence. Yeah. And it's the I don't think they do either. Yeah. Mm. Because there's still a lot of codependence that I, as, as kind of an outsider looking in, do see in their dynamic and they are used to me playing into that, that dynamic. And it's unfamiliar when I don't play into it. Yeah. And it's, I know logically that it's the right choice for me to preserve my mental health and to ultimately preserve my relationships with them. But it also makes me feel distant sometimes yeah. when I'm there in person. It's like, I feel closer to yeah. them when I'm here than when oh, I'm my God. with them. You said that to me recently and I like wrote it down how it's a little heartbreaking to do all this work to grow your way out of codependence and then find that it's, it's ironic and it's not that um, living outside of codependence doesn't feel better in a lot of yeah. moments. It doesn't feel better. And actually it makes sense. Like, of course, 
You do the codependent behavior because it's a quick fix to make this situation when we're in, in this room at this Christmas dinner or whatever, like let's immediately just make this survivable. Let's yeah. do the thing that makes this survivable, but, um, it has long-term effects. Yeah. I really relate to that. And when you said that, I was like, that is so rewarding to hear that man. That's the truth with a lot of these, like growth milestones is realizing all the places that are, that you have to look at then honestly, and be like, that's really uncomfortable or disappointing still. And that's just what the truth is. That's the uncomfortable yeah. truth I've been trying to avoid for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult thing to realize. Like I've done a lot of work on this with the intention and the hope that it would actually drive more satisfaction and more positivity and more closeness with them. And in fact, I don't know that it has done that. It has driven more, I think, internal positive things internally for myself in a way. And probably in other relationships, in I would other guess. relationships. Exactly. Like in my ability to um know who I am as an individual person and and like stand my ground and respect my boundaries. Like you mentioned earlier, how I'm good at mm -hmm. respecting my boundaries. Like a lot of it is because I've done that work mm -hmm. of like breaking that cycle, but um, yeah, it's not always pretty. And I guess that's what I, that's what I was thinking about when you were sharing your experience and all being close together and feeling so emotionally invested in your family and not being able to put a lot of emotional investment in other relationships. The flip side of it yeah, isn't that, you know, glamorous either. It's, it's just like different. therapists will tell you it's a good <laughs> thing to do, but I'm still trying to figure it out and still feeling like not perfectly content with it. You know what I mean? And I would say like from the outside, I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to say it to me, like from the outside, hearing that from you, I can say, and duh, like you're kind of still in the middle of the process. Like right. how many years did you take building a codependent relationship with your family or fill in the blank, blank, like you're untethering, you're, you're going through the untethering and that takes time before something new can be sewn. If it can be sewn, like you don't know, it's not a guarantee, but it would make sense that like there's an in-between state where things just have to be very different and everyone has to accept like the old way is dead. The old system isn't an option. There's like a, that's, there's some grief that goes in there. There's mm. some mourning that goes in there. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, eh. eh. I also, I also feel like I have to say, um, when I'm talking about struggles with my family or really anywhere in life, my, the subtext, my subtext is not that, and I'm the sane one. My subtext right. is not like, I wish they could all behave because I'm doing things right. I know when I say like, I love these crazy fuckers, I'm one of the fuckers. So I just need that to be known. It's, I don't ever mean it. I truly don't in terms of like, and you won't believe who I dealt with. Like they're fucking nuts, but so am I. And they're having to deal with me. So I just got to say that. Yeah, Totally. It goes, everybody has their own uh, vantage point and own perspective on how all this is going. And yeah. um, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work. It's interesting in any like, in any relationship dynamic, whether it's two people, five people, whatever, um, what works for one person is good for that person to to do but it's not necessarily the same as what works for the other person and they should do what works best for them but then when you put it together is that going to work together and it's with family it's hard because you didn't choose those people 
you're born and bred and stuck with each other. You know, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is stuff that like, if it was a romantic partner, you might be like, we're not a good match for each other. Because sometimes, yeah, sometimes I say say that all the time. Like if anyone's ever had a mom before, if I'm (laughs) listen, not to dig at my mom, but like almost any hoes mom, if I said these things, yeah, if it was like a dating relationship, everyone would be like, break up, block right. their number. Exactly. Like, you can't talk to them anymore. Don't exactly. tell me you're texting them. We are not a good match. We are not a good emotional match. But guess what? I didn't get to choose you. And and I also love you deeply, family, mom, you to, whoever. to death, you bitch. Love you more than anything, you fucking, <laughs> you fucking kook. <laughs> but- yeah, if it, if it was somebody that you met tomorrow and you were trying to form a new relationship with, romantic, a friendship, whatever, yeah. um, a new mommy, you'd be like, that's <laughs> not my mommy, you know? <laughs> that can't be my mommy. We, I'm not sucking the teat of this. <laughs> Have you ever called, this is one of my fantasies. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's not a real fantasy. It's something that makes me laugh. I'm done talking about heavy stuff, so I'm changing okay. the topic. Um, sometimes this just makes me laugh so hard is calling men mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like unequivocally they hate it and it makes me laugh so hard. I (laughs) I try not to do it because I don't want to hurt them. But like when I'm feeling really funny, (laughs) if you can feel that the vibe in the room with them is like funny enough, you know what I mean? I sometimes have those things in my head. One time my best friend and I decided that we wanted to... (laughs) I think it was based on like a Meg the Stallion music video or something. We wanted to, the next time we had sex with somebody while we were riding them, go, nay, bitch, like a horse. Wait, were you going to say like a horse or you're just going to nay like no, a horse? No, we were just going to say nay, bitch. And like, <laughs> like basically want we wanted them to start neighing like they're a horse that we're riding. Oh, it was an imperative sentence. Yeah. You yeah. nay, nay for me? Nay now. <laughs> Nay now. And you can kind of read, you know, when it's an appropriate, when the vibe is like light enough with never appropriate. Let me tell you to be like to call them mommy or say nay bitch. Like sometimes you guys are in a funny mood where maybe maybe it'll be okay. Maybe (laughs) I have a hot take. With even the funniest men that I've dated, I have found that men are the men that I've dated never want to make jokes during sex. Dude, I'm so funny. Mm. I'm so funny during sex. I've been making hot, funny jokes, and they are never down. Like, wow. I was with like a comedian for six years, and like I could not get him to laugh. I don't know. I was, I was, it was something I really noticed. Someone who like he couldn't take anything seriously. He was always joking and whatever, and um. There, it's the I. I'm just like, yeah, it's like the compartmentalized brain. Yeah, like focused on the sex mind, like very compartmentalized. It's such a missed opportunity. I'm making jokes in sex uh, all the time. All the time. I be being hilarious. Yeah. I am cracking. Recently, I did something that was a reference to something we had talked about, like earlier. You did and a callback. Yeah, did a I call literally back. went callback. <laughs> Not the time, just I don't care. And, and like, how was yeah. it received? How did the how did the audience receive it? He laughed, and we did stop having sex. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's the only option. <laughs> but it was worth it to me because it's a story for the ages. You know, the stuck awesome. stuff. Like that's more of a foreplay thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Like this is not that serious. Especially, it's also one thing 
if you're like a, it's a new partner or something and you're not sure whether you can go there yet but for me if i'm going to be with someone long term i don't we need to fucking have fun like we need to spice that's how i spice up my sex life it's not about yeah. different positions it's not about porn and masturbating in you're front just, of each other and all the kinky stuff it's like let's just come up with new jokes and try material jokes well, i gotta work my stand-up set yeah yeah um That's awesome. i never did i never did nay bitch though and now that we're nay having bitch. this conversation i'm reminded of it and i will <laughs> i feel like at some point i've had somebody moo or something because it made me laugh that's amazing or, or maybe I don't even know. I don't want to reveal too many of my secrets, but I'm yeah. always I always be laughing. I just always be laughing. Yeah, <laughs> I do understand. They do be trying things. They do be trying things out here. They do be trying things. <laughs> okay, here's something. Okay, how do you feel about the word moist? <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a thing that people. Okay, you want a real hot take? Immediately have a Bingo. hot take. Bingo. Okay. You're already on the hot take that I was probably going to give. Go yeah, ahead. let me let me finish this hot take. Hater the haters here. I'm going to I'm going to crush some hearts right now. Don't take this personally. Listen, if you want to grow and evolve from my feedback here, that's great. It's okay. We're all growing and evolving. Um I'm not offended by the word moist. I feel like probably at some point back in the 1900s, there were a couple of people who really had a weird association with that word. The word truly like had gave them a guttural feeling of that it made them feel icky. And then they started making that comment and that comment made a couple people laugh. And over the centuries, more people have been like, that's a funny thing I can say mm -hmm. to say how much the word moist upsets me because it's a weird that I don't like. And I'm going to say that instead of actually having a personality. Bingo! Um, did I win? Did I you win the won. game? <laughs> I literally wrote, not verbatim, but like paraphrased that down. Yeah. Because yeah. it pisses me off. I'm over it. And it's been going, it's like a joke. It's like a silly, cute thing. You're People not been saying unique. For years. They've been saying it for, I've been hearing this since middle school. It's not a unique thought. I've heard it like once every six months from equally unfunny context. Yeah. It's Guess not what? interesting. Let me also, let me also add something to this. Okay. I feel like. Part of the reason, if you actually ask somebody, if somebody does that, I'll be like, what is it about the word moist that bothers you? I you you're not going to let them get away with it. You're not going to let them get away with it. And they'll be like, well, it's like you're, I don't know. It's like kind of gross. It's like you're talking about a body part or something. Caroline, have you ever referred to your pussy as moist? <laughs> no. <laughs> but have you referred to like a slice of cake as moist or like this chicken is moist or something? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> chicken it's it's not a gross word that's about like a sexual thing which also, also i reject things... your feeling yeah that why does that have to be gross yeah are fine to fucking say let, not let's be honest they're gross i'm trying to be empowered but they're gross but yeah i get what you mean i get what you mean that's the that's the excuse that a lot of people will give me and i'm like i don't nobody uses that word in that way that's such a weak excuse what i want to say is the actual like consonants in that in that word are objectively not disgusting there's not a single there's not a single loose g to be seen um 100%. M, good, good M, call out one of the most respectable of all consonants you're still <gasps> like these are these are very sturdy consonants oh there's not a gross sound in that word m is an amazing consonant whenever i play wordle i'm like i feel like i give a quick bow down to the letter M when I get to play it. I'm like, that's a solid one. There's a good chance that that's in this And you get me, you get me, M. You get me, it's a me. Um, Yeah, think <laughs> of other words that use the oi, the oi, the O-I. Yeah, oink, 
Boink. <laughs> the oink, I would say, objectively does have some growth. Like, wait, no, that's right. a sort. That's, you- not, that's not the word. The NK. <laughs> NK, that's kind of close to the soft G. That's a gross noise. That's a gross sound. Yeah, the ink. The, you're right about ink, that. Ink. The ink of it. The ink of it all. I'm just glad that you snorted, though, because I will say there's been a couple moments in the podcast where you snort laugh, and I am so happy Sorry. that you haven't edited it out. No. No. Don't apologize. I won't it be is editing my it out. Favorite. And it leave it in. We're oinking. We be oinking. We be oinking. We be eating moist cake. <laughs> and we're coming up with more original chicken. jokes than that. I'm so satisfied that you read my mind. Immediately about knew. All you had yeah. to do was say the word, and I I pulled up decades of fury that I've <laughs> it's been building up and I'm probably I might be like damaging some friendships right now because I know a couple people who who are listen, those people listen I think that they're very smart these are people in my life who are intelligent hilarious women and what I want to say to them if you're listening to this right now you know who you are you're better than this you're, you're better, better than, than this that's you're better the whole than problem this. I would never say this to someone who had a very poor vocabulary or like or like minimal mental capacity i would never be like you need to improve your jokes like i would never no it's not worth it it's not worth the investment but i'm investing in people listening here because i believe in you to be better than that that's what i'm saying can i say something can i say something yeah i'm always saying something what am i saying it's our podcast go ahead (laughs) (laughs) this is actually in my notes hot take this is not a hot take it's a fucking fact it it is not illegal uh, it is not illegal to feel offended. Mm-hmm. People are always like, oh, can't say that. That's offensive. That's offensive. That's a- saying that's offensive as if that caps off the conversation. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Okay. Okay. And there's a difference between like hate speech. Correct. That hate speech is also offensive and it's also illegal. Uh, there's a difference between like keeping barring people from their human rights. That is illegal. But just like offending someone because you say that you don't like something and maybe it targets someone like it's not illegal. It is not a human right to never feel offended. Mm -hmm. You're you're entitled to not want to be friends with me. Mm -hmm. You're entitled to not want to spend time with me. You're entitled to to hate me. That's your right. You can hate me. I am not entitled to have you like me. And you're not entitled to, to me not offending you. Yeah. Honestly, that's no my notes. hot take. I have no notes. <laughs> no notes. You, you said it perfectly. It because if you're if you're interested in saying anything true, um, someone will disagree. Because if it's yes. true and it matters, such as the discussion about the word moist, a conversation that really matters. If it's true and it really matters for people to hear, then it's going to be a new thought. And there's going to be people that disagree. Obviously, there's different levels of like <laughs> how serious the topic is. But like, if you want to say anything that's true, someone's going to disagree. This idea that like everyone always needs to agree and like, I need to be able to capture everybody's point of view all at once in every word that I say, it's not going to happen. So stop holding your breath. Can I put, can I put that on the internet? Is that, that's the nature of opinions. No, you're fine. That's the nature of opinions. I remember being in like elementary school with you sitting at our little desks with like our pencils. I I don't know what we had. And we learned about the difference between fact and opinion. We would sometimes have quizzes where there would just be like a sentence, a list of 10 sentences. And next to it, you'd have to write fact or opinion. 
Because there are some things that are facts, like science. And there are some things <laughs> that are opinions, <laughs> like good example. the fact that moist, I just said it's a fact, but it's my opinion. The fact that moist is not <laughs> an inherently gross word and that you are unoriginal for thinking it's an that opinion. it is. It's called an opinion. You can still hold the opinion about moist. I don't care. It's not my opinion. And I have a podcast and I'm sharing my opinion. So yeah. like, that's fine. There's no scientific research about this probably maybe there is like there is feel free to send me the articles (laughs) actually don't send me the articles i don't care all i'm saying i love when you get mad some things are facts and some things are opinions and 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 this is neither this is just me yelling (laughs) we're only just getting started wow we've already reached this level of just comfort i mean this is our space i don't care i don't care anymore i don't care (laughs) i I just keep reflecting on how went before we launched the podcast and we were so nervous about not for everyone being too offensive of a name like too exclusive we we thought that some we like um for context we were thinking about names and going back and forth on this for so long and um we liked not for everyone but then we kind of like tested it with a couple people we knew and once or twice we got the feedback of people being like oh that sounds really exclusionary which if you've listened to 10 seconds of us talking despite loving offending people despite loving sharing opinions I do feel like my whole outlook is actually very accepting like I I just accept that people have different experiences that's the truth it's it's not an opinion that's a fact and it's okay for us to have different experiences I'm not saying don't show up whatever um I actually feel like a very accepting person as a hater totally I think it's more about us wanting to be accepted you know what I mean we are not for everyone we are not for everyone know that when you're here it's what it's representing our experiences and our perspectives that's only two people's perspectives two small hoes do we think we're important kind of but like (laughs) (laughs) i love when you compliment yourself oh my god that happened last episode yeah do you think i'm cool i do think i'm cool that's what it was (laughs) what's so funny is that in the whole episode you had said like three different times that you don't like when people think they're cool and i just completely (laughs) obliterated that from you and I was like yeah so I do think I'm cool and that's why this works <laughs> that's why this works yeah I'm gonna land the plane on not for everyone to me I will say it is a re- it's really just a reminder to myself that like yeah. some lots of people I'm not for everyone that's a fact it's a hard fact it's a hard one to swallow but deal with it Caroline all right well, um, that's our yeah. episode <laughs> if you like this episode share it with a friend no truly I actually did notice that people were sharing our episode last week and sharing just recent ones lately we really appreciate that so share it with your friends we love it yeah and we're and if you've sent us ideas of like topics you want us to talk about we're also oh, I've written them those. down I've written them down totally yeah. okay follow us at not for everyone pod number four in there not number four everyone pod and Remember, like we said earlier in the episode, post your Google search. Recent Google searches. To your stories. Yeah. We'll talk to you about it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. Bye. And he would always walk around calling everyone mommy. And I was like, like, he'd be like, He'd be like, thanks for grabbing the ketchup, mommy. And he called me mommy for months. And I was like, <laughs> the fuck? And I, you know, I was so non-confrontational then. I just accepted it. I was like, I guess <laughs> I'm mommy.